welcome to week three, standard operating procedure time. Back again with my friend Brian Har. That's at Brian Har FF on Twitter, and I'm John Hogue at Superflex, dude. Brian, how'd week two go, man? Uh, better than week one, uh, fantasy wise for my teams. Uh, not so hot for my. <laughs> Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, but we'll get into that in just a minute. For sure, they they're they're making things interesting. Uh, but we have to we have to point something out here real quick. This is why the standard operating procedures from the Superflex Super Show are so damn useful every single week. You last week, so we do a segment called Next Week This Week, and to me, it might be the most useful thing that we do on this entire show, you know, across the five episodes a week, by the way, that we're doing now, that might be the most useful thing that we do because we're giving you a player that you pick up now, you stash them and you wait until next week when they go off in week three and they're going to be a high, they're going to be a high cost of uh, in fab to pick them up a week from now, but you, you got him for free or next to it. And last week, Brian Har gave you Demarcus Robinson as your next week. This week, if you picked up Demarcus Robinson, you, you just saved yourself, man, what? 30, 30% fab, probably something yeah. like that at the minimum. I, I, that, I think that's probably what people are going to be throwing at Demarcus Robinson this week. So, that was a that was a hell of a call, man. And uh, that we're gonna try and do some more of that today. Um, we're we're still gonna talk about Demarcus Robinson, just in case you didn't pick him up. Uh, we got a handful of other names to talk to you about, but before we get into it, just want to remind you if you haven't already to subscribe to the DLF family of podcast mega feed. You get access to all of the great podcasts from DLF including the Superflex Super Show, and then including uh, another great podcast. And uh, in fact, um, the uh, the other home for Mr. Brian Haar, as well as our good friend Dynasty Outhouse, the Trade Addicts Podcast. Every week, hosts Russ Fisher and Brian Haar examine news and action from the NFL and work it into actionable Dynasty trade advice. They'll review trades and examine player values and situations. It's such an amazing tool as you navigate the NFL season and the fantasy season and uh, and and evaluate player values and uh, make those trades to improve your roster now and forever. So make sure that you're keeping up with the Trade Addicts podcast. You can subscribe to them as well. Uh, but again, if you subscribe to the DLF family, Omega the DLF family of podcast mega feed. You're going to get access to the trade addicts as well as all the other great podcasts from DLF. Brian, we got to get into the SOPs here and uh, we're going to talk first about some guys that you can add. And again, uh, Demarcus Robinson is going to make it on this list. Uh, we got a handful of others, but we have to start with your Pittsburgh Steelers, man. The quarterback situation with Ben Roethlisberger out for the season. So yeah, let's uh, let's let's hear it. I mean, this is the one that everybody's everybody's eyeing right now. Where last year, last week, that is Gardner Minshew was the the hot waiver pickup. This guy is f- far above and beyond Gardner Minshew. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously, I think we're prioritizing Mason Rudolph uh, this week um, with the unfortunate news of the elbow injury with Ben Roethlisberger that's going to keep him out for the whole season this year. Um, it's devastating uh, from a from a personal Pittsburgh Steelers fan uh, point of view. It's it's a devastating injury and, and uh, one that really, really hurts. But uh, at the same time, you got to move forward. And um, if you're looking for a quarterback, Mason Rudolph is going to be the starter in Pittsburgh. Um, and I think you have to prioritize him this week in super flex leagues. 
Um, whether you're really in need of a quarterback or not, I think, uh, you know, you're, you're maybe, maybe you're playing defense a little bit, uh, too. Uh, I know, um, we were talking about that a little bit earlier. So I think, I, I think we're definitely prioritizing him. And I think, you know, the thing about Rudolph is he's in an offensive system that has what, I mean, they have weapons, right? I mean, the receivers are pretty good. He, he's got his, his buddy, James Washington from Oklahoma state, um, catching the ball as well. Uh, and he looked pretty good in the limited work that he had in this game. He, he played most of the second half. I think he actually played all the second half. Um, and he, and he had a pretty nice, a pretty nice day. So, um, you know, is, is he Ben Roethlisberger? Maybe not, but he's definitely worth your attention this week. Um, if he's available in your leagues, uh, he was 12 and 19 for 112 yards and two touchdowns. He did have one interception of no fault of his own. Uh, it was a ball that hit the receiver directly in the hands. So, um, you know, he, he looked pretty good and, and they do have a decent schedule moving forward here. So, um, we'll, we'll see what he can do, uh, with, with the opportunity that he's going to get. But, uh, I think you have to prioritize Mason Rudolph. Um, and, and if, you know, I'm I'm putting the majority of my fab uh, towards him in a super flex league this this week. Yeah, you have to. This to me, this is not only the number one priority here going into week three. I think this might be the number one priority for the entire season. Now, I don't like to to you know spew too much hyperbole when it comes to this stuff because you know, first of all, we do want to temper expectations a little bit. Um, this, this is a a second year player finally getting the opportunity to play significant snaps. Uh, it's, it can definitely be a crapshoot, but uh, you know, this is what he's here for. You know, he wasn't brought in to be a backup. He was brought in because Ben Roethlisberger has been talking retirement uh, seemingly every year of his career, essentially. Um, this off season, this past off season was, you know, when they gave him the contract extension, that's kind of the first time that we didn't hear any retirement talk. But, you know, when Mason Rudolph was drafted, it was because every year could be Ben Roethlisberger's last year. And so, you know, this, this, this was very likely their, their succession plan was to move on to Mason Rudolph. I'm sure that it wasn't meant to happen this soon, but I think that this was, and correct me if I'm wrong on that, but I mean, I think that was the goal. Yeah, no, I, I definitely think, you know, the Steelers really liked this kid um, and, and thought that where they drafted him, they, he was the 12th pick of the third round in the, in the um, 2018 draft. And I think they felt like they got a steal. Um, I don't think a lot of, analysts necessarily did but you know i mean this is a guy that has prototypical nfl height and, and size height and weight for a quarterback he's 6'5 235 um you know he was extremely productive in college uh throwing for over 4000 yards in both his junior and senior seasons and tons of touchdowns yes he was in the big 12 uh, <laughs> which produces some <laughs> offensive statistics um but but he but he was a good player in in the uh in the college ranks and then the Steelers pick him and I, yeah I absolutely think that um you know it, it's it's in their plan to have him be the guy he's got to take the job right I mean he's got to do something with this opportunity the the nice thing for the Steelers in general is that they're going to find out because this kid's going to start the rest of the season. I mean, there's no other quarterback to compete there. Um, they're, they're signing Devlin Hodges up from the practice squad to back him up. Um, but Mason Rudolph is going to get every opportunity this year, obviously. And, uh, you know, he, he's got a big arm. Um, and, and again, extremely productive in college. So we'll see what happens. Um, you know, I think it's, it's mixed feelings by fans and analysts, um, on him, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. I, 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 I'm hoping for the best. And, and I think he's got a shot to in, in, in this offense with the talent surrounding him, a good offensive line. Um, you know, I, I think he's got a chance to be pretty successful, so we'll see what happens, but I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, absolutely. It's so to kind of put this in, pers- in perspective, cause I was, I was thinking about this earlier 
And like I said, to me, this is the number one waiver claim for the entire season. Um, certainly in a redraft league, to me, this is an all-in move and probably in Dynasty as well because there is the opportunity here. There's there's a chance that Mason Rudolph takes and keeps this starting job. Now, you know, last week we talked about Gardner Minshew. There's a, a small chance there, and we suggested a 65% uh, fab claim for him, uh, 65% of your budget for him, um, just on the off chance that he does keep that job at least through the season and possibly beyond. You know, it, the idea being that Nick Foles is not gonna, really that hard to overcome. Um, but even then, you know, the, the likelihood is not great. Gardner Minshew doesn't have nearly the, you know, the pedigree, um, or uh, to, to be totally honest, just the overall talent that Mason Rudolph has. He also doesn't have the weapons that Mason Rudolph has at his disposal here. Uh, some of the other guys who suddenly became available, Trevor Simeon, you know, with, uh, Sam Darnold, um, going to miss some time with with mono still can't keep a straight face when i talk about that one <laughs> and uh uh teddy bridgewater taking over for drew Brees uh with the thumb injury um and we're going to talk about teddy here in a minute but i mean in both cases sam darnold for sure comes back to his starting role by the way trevor simeon injured in the monday night game um in case you had a claim on trevor simeon Go ahead and wipe that one out. Luke Falk is the guy right at the moment. Um, no idea what they're going to do for depth, and I don't know for sure that Luke Falk continues to be uh, the number one quarterback in New York. But for the moment, it looks like uh, Luke Falk is the guy. But, I mean, you know, the the reality is when Sam Darnold comes back, he comes back to a starting job. Most likely scenario is Drew Brees when he comes back. He reclaims that job. Mm-hmm. Ben Roethlisberger probably does, but first of all, this is this is a long-term injury. This is not a typical NFL quarterback injury. He's basically having Tommy John surgery is the way I understand it, which is a major league baseball, you know, a pitcher's injury. Mm-hmm. And it keeps them out usually over a year, mm-hmm. well over a year. Well, so and, a, and a lot of times too, you see the guys who have the surgery end up getting it again potentially yeah um you know there's a i think i mean i'm I'm not the injury expert and we'll have to we'll have to check in with ethan on that but i sure. think that there's a high probable or not probability but there's a higher than normal chance of re-injuring uh or having the injury again having it occur again so that's yeah. another concern and especially for a guy who's 37 he'll be 38 right yeah yeah so, he'll be he'll be 38 years old when right. uh, when the season starts next year, yep. And yeah, who w- we have no idea what that injury is going to look like. Um, we we don't know what the rehab's going to look like for for a quarterback. We know what it looks like for a pitcher. And again, yeah, I mean, first of all, it's a year, and second of all, there's a chance of re-injury, and that happens fairly frequently to those pitchers. I I I don't want to speculate as as far as how it translates to an NFL quarterback, but the bottom line is it's a long uphill battle for Ben Roethlisberger to even make it back. And then if Mason Rudolph plays well, I mean, why would they bother hurrying Ben back? You know, again, 38 years old, healthy or not healthy or not. He's going to be 38 years old. That's generally where you start looking for your new, you know, your, your new, the, the future of your franchise at the quarterback position anyway. So again, this is, there's a good chance here that Mason Rudolph just takes this and keeps this. And, you know, I, because of that, I think that, I, I think that he has a lot more potential to do that than any of these other guys who are, you know, suddenly thrust into starting positions. He also has so much better weapons than the than the guys in these other positions i so i was thinking about this today i mean what situation would we even consider a better situation than what mason rudolph has here 
based on the fact that he's got those weapons and based on the fact that he's, you know, this could be a long-term thing. This could be a very long-term thing. This could be the future of the Pittsburgh Steelers starts in week three. So, you know, I, I look around the league at some of the better offenses and I, I, I like Sean Mannion a lot, but I don't think that if Kirk Cousins were to get hurt, I don't think I'm considering a, a huge move for Sean Mannion. You know, yeah, but the the only one that I can really think of is Blake Bortles. Yeah, that's the one I was going to mention. And even then, I mean, we I think I feel like we've seen enough of Blake Bortles to know. Sorry, Bobby Koch, but I mean, <laughs> Blake Bortles, Blake Bortles isn't like we we know what Blake Bortles is capable of. Yeah, and and he's not gonna he's not gonna outplay Jared Goff, you know. So, I I, I could kind of see it for redraft purposes. Um, if Jared Goff were to suffer a season-ending injury, Blake Bortles might be he might be the closest to Mason Rudolph that we we could possibly find. But Mason Rudolph is also a, a, this is a also a dynasty type of proposition, I think too. So for me, this is this is where you go all in because I don't see another scenario where any player at any position get you know has has the type of uptick in value that Mason Rudolph just got. So I that's my recommendation. That's what I'm doing. I, I'm literally going to be doing that in, in, a, in several of my leagues and in, in the ones where I can trade for fab. I'm going to trade for a little bit more just to put me over the top so I can get Mason Rudolph. I don't know. What, what do you think about that? Yeah. I mean, I, I know um, in, uh, you know, in the, in the Scott fishbowl, which is more of a redraft league, I'm definitely, uh, I'm definitely putting in a hundred percent there. Um, you know, and I, and yeah, I, I, I mean, I think it makes sense to put, a lot of your fab, uh, depending, it just depends on the league and your situation in the league. I mean, I would have no problem with somebody who's looking for quarterback help. Go ahead, do it. Or if, or if there's teams that have quarterback help that you're, or that need quarterback help that you're looking at going, you know, Hey, that's a direct competitor to me. And if they get Mason Rudolph, they're significantly better. Um, you know, I, I think regardless, I think I'm I'm probably putting in upwards of eighty to eighty five percent. Regardless, I mean, I might try. I, I think it's a great idea. I think what you said is a great idea too. If you can trade for a little extra fab, and then you know, put your hundred percent in, and then trade for extra fab. You know, yeah. Um, because there's always there's typically always ways to get additional money. Um, you just have to. You know, you just have to be creative in in <laughs> in creating deals. So, um, but yeah, no, I I agree with that 100. percent I think he definitely should be a priority pickup this week, and uh, I'm willing to go pretty much all in on him. So, in those situations where you've got Pat Mahomes and you've got Lamar Jackson, mm -hmm. how much are you putting just in case the rest of the league is sleeping? I'm still probably putting. I mean, you're still going to go 100, 80, 80. I'd go over 80. Yeah, I'd, I'd yeah. probably go 85, 85%. Okay. Okay. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're deep at quarterback, it's it, it's still worth it. You know, that 85% because you're going to be able to flip him for if, if, if this hits at all, which again, there's a high probability of success for Mason Rudolph just based on the offensive system. Um, the familiarity that he has and the fact that, I mean, there's nothing else. There's nowhere else for them to go. You know, this, this is all they've got right at the moment. They've, they promoted his backup from the practice squad. Like you said, this is, it, you know, it, it's not like Ben is coming back through the door at any point here in 2019. So for better or for worse, Mason Rudolph is there. So he's got an opportunity to succeed. So, uh, yeah, I mean, 85%, I think you can, you're going to be able to flip him for a lot more than what you paid for him. 
So, yeah, I mean, to me, that's the minimum. Um, and that's that's if you're already super deep at quarterback, just as a kind of a, a, a flyer type of situation. I, I think you still got to do it. Um, but if you have any type of need at quarterback whatsoever, I think it's an all-in proposition. And in some cases, it's going to be all-in plus. So, yep. <laughs> so we we definitely needed to spend a little time on uh, on that one because that is such a big one. Again, to me, that's for a super flex league. That's as big as it's going to get in 2019. This is this is the one where you go all in. Um, but another quarterback that we need to talk about, Teddy Bridgewater. We mentioned him briefly, but he's going to take over here for several weeks, possibly a couple months. For Drew Brees, who has that that thumb injury, uh, again we're going to have to catch up with Ethan and find out the exact prognosis and recovery time. Um, but it's going to be surgically repaired on his throwing hand. This it could be a significant amount of time, and we've seen Teddy Bridgewater have success in I mean every stop he's been at essentially. Um, we've seen him as a starter in Minnesota and led them led them to the playoffs. We saw him in New York, and he looked amazing there. And then since then, he's uh, he's been a very capable backup to Drew Brees in New Orleans. And now he becomes a starter, throwing to Michael Thomas, handing off to Alvin Kamara. I, he, again, some very good weapons here. The only problem is I think he's still just keeping the seat warm for Drew Brees because I do think that we see Brees again in 2019 especially if Teddy can keep them competitive. If they can if they if they can remain in playoff contention, I think Drew Brees comes back. So based on all that, I'm curious what your thoughts are as far as So I mean first of all, we're in agreement, right? This is the number 2 priority. Yeah, I think I think it has to be again in super flex leagues, it has to be. Yeah. Uh so how much are you going to put on Teddy just in case you miss on Rudolph? I would probably put around 65 to 70%. Okay. So yeah, maybe a little more than what you put on Gardner Minshew last week. Yep. Yeah. And it, it probably similar time frame for Foles and Breeze. Mm -hmm. So um, mm -hmm. yeah. And, and honestly, Minshew probably has a better chance of holding that job. You know, even if even if Foles were to, uh, so he's on IR, he's eligible to come off. Maybe they decide not to. Maybe they decide to just stick with Minshew. I think that's more likely than uh, than Teddy keeping the job the entire year. So yeah, I think, uh, uh, but I do think that Bridgewater is in a better situation, a better overall offense, better weapons. So that same sixty-five to seventy percent. Uh, that we had last week on Minshew, I think is about right for Bridgewater. Mm -hmm. um, the rest of these guys we can rock through a little bit faster, but definitely want to set this one up for you because uh, I'll let you do both of your guys, but I got to, uh, this first one you gave last week is your next week this week. And uh, Demarcus Robinson did not disappoint. Yeah, so Robinson, six targets, six catches, 172 yards, and two touchdowns from Patrick Mahomes on Sunday. So um, a huge week against the Oakland Raiders. Um, you know, and and we kinda we kind of talked a lot last week a little bit about it. Um, you know, in in I think he caught a touchdown in four of the last five games last season. So he's a player that Pat Mahomes trusts, um, and a player that was utilized uh, at the end of the year last year. Um, so, you know, and, and now obviously he comes on the scene with the opportunity presented with Tyree Kill going out long term um, with the the dislocation of the collarbone towards the organs and all that fun stuff that Ethan um, gave great information on. Um, and, and, you know, and, and he has a huge game, just he, very reliable, 100% catch rate uh i wouldn't anticipate that <laughs> to happen every week <laughs> um but but he's a guy that has mahomes trust and look pat mahomes is so good guys yeah. he is so good yeah. uh and and he can make these receivers um 
you know, if they have any bit of talent whatsoever, he can throw them open. He can put the ball right on the money. Um, and, and, and he showed it again Sunday. So, uh, you know, this is a guy that if you got him last week, awesome, right? Cause you didn't have to spend nearly what you would have to spend this week to get him. Um, but he still should be a priority this week because I think that this, this continues, you know, he's, I don't know that he'll have many games bigger than this, but certainly he's a player that should be involved in that offense moving forward here, at least for the amount of time that Tyreek Hill is out. And maybe even a little bit longer than that, depending on, uh, you know, just depending on how, uh, how they use him. uh, you know, if they use him in just a sub and, uh, you know, we'll see how the snaps work out when when Hill is back. But for the weeks that Hill is gone, he is certainly a, a player that I'm if I have in my leagues, I'm putting him uh, I'm putting him in the lineup. So. Yeah, we know that Tyree kills out for, you know, another month at least. Uh, we also know I and I think that that Ethan was you know, concerned about the possibility of him missing closer to eight weeks. Uh, we also know that Sammy Watkins, uh, you know, we don't, we, we try to avoid the term injury prone on this particular show, but Sammy Watkins has dealt with injuries essentially every year of his, of his career. So, you know, it, it as long as Sammy Watkins stays healthy, he draws a tougher coverage Demarcus Robinson gets a softer coverage. And then, you know, there's a, there's still the chance that Sammy Watkins goes down and all of a sudden Demarcus Robinson is the number one option, but the number one wide receiver. Kelsey's always going to be the number one option, but the, the top wide receiver in that offense. So, yeah, what are you thinking as far as how much you're going to put on Demarcus Robinson as a waiver claim for those who didn't take your advice last week and pick him up for free? Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to make him a priority, too. I think I'd be comfortable going more than 50% here, Um, you know, 55 to 60, maybe. Okay, okay. Maybe if, if you need wide receiver help, I could definitely see that one. That's a position that doesn't become available all that often so um so that i i I could definitely see that well and Um, especially especially if you're not spending it on the quarterbacks right i mean obviously you have to prioritize the quarterbacks in super flex leagues but if you're set at quarterback if you have three you know really solid quarterbacks or four or seven like john you know then then maybe you spend some of your fab on on a guy like robinson yes sir yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, there's nothing wrong with, you know, setting your claims as Rudolph, a hundred percent, Teddy, 70%. And then if you miss on both of those guys for whatever reason, then, uh, then Robinson can be your, your next priority. Um, and, and again, the wide receiver position doesn't come along all that nearly as often as, uh, uh the running back position. And, uh, it, it's more likely to stick. So, you know, it, it, it makes a lot more sense to spend, you know, a reasonable amount on, a, you know, a good amount of your fab on a wide receiver. I'm probably going more like 30%, but uh, it's still, to me, it's, he's still the number three priority at this point. Um, give us another one though. Yeah, the other one I have here is James Washington. And, you know, we just spent a good bit of time uh, talking about Mason Rudolph. Um, James Washington obviously was one of the top targets at Oklahoma State for for Rudolph. Um, And, you know, I I think that that college connection could benefit both of those guys in the National Football League. Um, You know, they are obviously comfortable uh, with each other and kind of have a feel for each other as far as tendencies and where the ball is going to be placed and those types of, and trust and those types of things. So, um, you know, James Washington, I think also, I mean, he gets an uptick for me for a couple of reasons, obviously the Mason Rudolph connection. And then the other thing with him is, um, and, and he, he's going to get an opportunity, uh, here. He, he, and, and, uh, Deontay Johnson, another wide receiver, the rookie from uh, Toledo, they're both going to get an opportunity here. I think in this offense, um, 
moving forward based on some of the performances by by the other receivers. So um, I think we're going to talk about that in a little bit as well. So, but yeah, I, I just I think James Washington is another guy that you can target right now. Um, he hasn't had any big games yet, um, you know, and and people might be a little bit down on that whole offense right now because of Roethlisberger being out. But um, I think it actually helps Washington. Um, you know, just again, in, in the sense of having that connection with Mason Rudolph. So he's another guy that I would look to potentially add. Yeah. I'm thinking like 30% for him too. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd agree. yeah. It, it's, it's tough between who would you rather have of, you know, between him and Demarcus Robinson, I, James Washington is obviously going to be the more long-term asset. Uh, Demarcus Robinson probably is more effective over the next month or two. Um, but uh, James Washington is kind of a from now on type of thing. So uh, the the big thing is Demarcus Robinson has better quarterback play. Most likely I, I, I can't imagine Mason Rudolph <laughs> competing with Pat Mahomes. No. Uh, wish you the best for sure. But man, I can't, <laughs> I don't see that happening. Yeah. Same. Um, yeah, so so based on that, those guys are neck and neck for me. Um, so I'm I'm throwing thirty percent on both of them, and uh, hope I get at least one. Uh, I'll give you a couple guys. I think these are probably fairly low. These are st- still high priorities, um, but I don't think you're going to have to put a lot of fab on them. First of all, Will Disley, two touchdowns. He's becoming he he's always been. So we saw him just absolutely dominate for two weeks in 2018. And then he went down with the torn ACL, I believe Achilles, one of the two uh, ACL, I believe. And then uh, um, now through two weeks, he's already got, I think three touchdowns. He's, he's, he's one of, he's become Russell Wilson's go-to in the red zone. Um, and, you know, in an offense that where, you know, DK Metcalf is still kind of trying to find his way through and uh, trying to get his legs under him. And Tyler Lockett is still, he, to me, he's still more of a deep threat. Will Disley is the guy who moves the chains. Will Disley is the big guy down around the red zone. You know, when you're not running the ball in with that electric playmaker, Chris Carson, I think Will Disley is is a huge piece of that offense. Um, very little ownership, uh, 12%, I believe in Yahoo leagues. And, uh, I think you can probably get him for in the na- neighborhood of 20%, 15, 20%. Let's go 20% high side. And then, uh, Peyton Barber, everybody keeps hoping and myself included that Ronald Jones is going to end up being the back to own in Tampa Bay, but I mean, we saw it yet again. Peyton Barber is, is the better pass catcher. He's a better runner between the tackles. It just, it, it it's, it's very similar to what we're seeing, what we've been seeing in Seattle. The only difference is Peyton Barber hasn't got the type of attention from the coaching staff that Chris Carson has from Pete Carroll's staff. So I, but to me, Peyton Barber is a number one running back who's largely available on waivers um, somewhere in the neighborhood of 40% ownership. And I think that I would put a minimum, I I would, I would actually prioritize him over Will Disley come to think of it. And if you need running back help, I would even prioritize him over. uh, I can't, I, I can't quite do it. I can't quite put him over James Washington and Demarcus Robinson, but I'm going to put him in that same range at about 30%. Um, do you have any issues with either of those? No, no. Disley looked good. I mean, he he tore the Steelers off, so I don't appreciate <laughs> that, Mr. Will. But uh, yeah, no, he he did he did look uh, he did look pretty good and. Um, and and I agree with your assessment on on the receivers there and and just kind of how he fits into that offense. And then um, Peyton Barber, yeah, I mean, I I absolutely agree with that one too. I don't think Ronald Jones is ever going to be a thing. Uh, I know James it, he <laughs> hammers that pretty good uh, the from the other direction, but um, yeah, I, I just I don't I don't think Rojo is going to be a thing. So 
Um, Peyton Barber, yeah, I mean, go get him. He's he's the he's definitely the one there. So yeah, yeah. Well, let's talk about some guys you can drop to make a little bit of roster space for uh, some of the guys that you uh, that we just mentioned as ads. Um, so just a quick clarifier here, though, we don't have very many drops. I don't think there are any very many players who you're just straight up dropping who aren't already obvious, you know, but I think that they're every week. We're going to be able to come up with one or two guys who people are holding on to and probably shouldn't Ronald Jones probably should have made this list. Um, so just throw him in real quick, but I'll let you uh, start us off. Yeah, so I'll stick with my Steelers. Uh, Dante Moncrief is absolutely droppable. Um, the guy had ten targets last week, three catches, um, and 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 he he had four drops. He had more drops than he had catches. One target this past week uh, in week two, and he dropped it too. It literally went directly through his hands hit his face mask and popped straight up in the air. And that was the interception that Mason Rudolph threw. No fault of his own. I mean, it was Dante Moncrief just went, literally went straight through his hands and in his helmet and popped up in the air. So um, this guy is, you know, and and they, and they, uh, he didn't play um, a lot after that either. I mean, it was, it was a steady dose of Washington and um, Deontay Johnson. Uh, and I, I think Switzer was even is still involved in the slot there, but it, it, I, I just, I mean, Moncrief, we all want him to be a thing and he's just not very good. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, I, I just think, I just think this is the point where, you know, I think in Pittsburgh specifically, he's, you know, he's, he's, he's had horrible performances, so he's, they're going to let these other guys have a chance. And I think these other guys are just as talented, if not more so. So um, I, I I would be very comfortable dropping Dante Moncrief right now. Yeah. Another Dante that I think needs to be dropped, unfortunately, is Dante Pettis. I, he just, I we, we keep hearing these excuses for why he's not getting on the field, why he's not, you know, being involved. He actually, he played, a fair amount of snaps. I don't have it in front of me, but he played more than half of the snaps, I believe, but I, I don't think he was targeted. Uh, I know he had a passing attempt, um, but I, I, uh, let me, let me look that up real quick. Just to, I think he did. Ca- I think he had one catch. Is that right? I think so. Yeah. Uh, I don't think maybe so. not. Yeah. It actually, yeah, no, he didn't. He yeah, catch. Yep. he wasn't even targeted. Nope. No, no targets, no catches. Yeah, he had the the he was one for one passing for 16 yards. But I mean, that's that's not something that we want from a guy who was supposed to be one of our, you know, wide receiver two flex type of considerations. And he's he's just not getting on the field. Jimmy Garoppolo. It, it, I mean, this was a this this was a. a a game script where he absolutely could have been involved. There's kind of no reason not to, you know, we're going to, you know, we, you, you look at uh, Antonio Brown with the new England Patriots. It was, it was a perfect opportunity to get him involved against a Miami team that you're going to sleepwalk to a victory. It ended up being the same thing for the 49ers here. This, this was essentially, it turned into a scrimmage based on the, the game script that they had, and they still didn't get him involved. So I, I don't think they're going to. They can say all they want that, yeah, we're just trying to motivate him. He's, you know, he's not fully healthy. Whatever it is, I don't, I don't care. I'm, I'm done. I'm out. Debo Samuel is the top option there. I mean, obviously George Kittle's forever the top option, but Debo Samuel is seems to be the number one wide receiver for Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, the running game works way too well um, for them to even, you know, for for you to necessarily even need a third wider, a, a third pass catching option out of that offense. I think Garoppolo is good enough to support Kittle. He's good enough to support Debo Samuel. That's probably a guy we should have had in the ads as well. Uh, but uh, I I don't I don't see a, any kind of path here for Dante Pettis. I don't see this getting any better. 
And it's a pretty frustrating one, but to me, this is Devontae Parker all over again. Just drop him and and save yourself the brain damage. How about some guys that we can buy? These are guys who, who are largely owned, um, at least 60% owned, and I think these guys are all going to be 90 to 100% owned, uh, but who are might be in a buy low uh, window here. I'm going to, I'm going to let you do just all of these guys. Just give us some buys. Sure. So I'll start with the buy lows because the last one on this list, and he's actually the first one listed, but the last one on this list is a, is not a buy low. Um, he's a buy lower than he's going to cost very <laughs> soon. Um, but, but we'll start, well, let's start with Marlon Mack here. Um, didn't have an overly productive game in week two, uh, against the Tennessee Titans. Um, obviously week one, big, big game, uh, against the chargers. Um, so this is a guy too, that I think, you know, he, he's got a really favorable schedule moving forward. Um, in terms of uh, who he's who he's playing, uh, and I just clicked the wrong button, so sorry about that. Um, so Mac, in the next couple of weeks, he has Atlanta, Oakland, um, KC, uh, the Chargers, and then there's bye week, and then Houston, Denver, Pittsburgh, Miami, Jacksonville. So it gets a little bit tougher in the middle there, but these next couple of weeks, Marlon Mack should have some pretty nice games. Um, you know, and, and hopefully they'll get him more involved in the passing game too. I know that's one thing. It seems like it's been a little bit more, um, uh, Naeem Hines, uh, in that regard, but, you know, Mac has shown the capability there. Um, so hopefully he'll get an opportunity in, in the passing game a little bit too. But I just think, uh, you know, after the, after the rough game against Tennessee, uh, which is a pretty good defense uh, <laughs> this year. So, you know, I, I think after that, there's a little bit of a buy window here. Um, and then, you know, he, he we'll, we'll, we might be talking about him again on the on the other end of this, um, you know, maybe in another four or five weeks. But uh, but yeah, I like him uh, as a buy right now. Stefan Diggs is another one. Um, you know, Diggs has been frustrating this season and he's been frustrating own. He's been a frustrating own as a whole you know he's 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 one of the best route runners in the league uh he he makes explosive plays um you know but then he has weeks like he's had the last two you know he 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 had the long touchdown um in in the game yesterday but uh you know not he, he wasn't as involved as we'd like to see him he's going to be Minnesota has been running the ball like crazy in these first couple of games. And game script, first week game script took Diggs and Thielen both pretty much out of the game. Um, and then week two here, you saw, you know, you saw him being prioritized, especially when they needed to score. So when they're down in the red zone, uh, he was getting targets down there. He actually scored a touchdown that got called back by a penalty um, inside the 10 yard line. And then he obviously had the the explosive play where where I think it was a forty five yard touchdown catch. So um, we've seen the talent that Stephon Diggs has. It's just a matter of uh, you know the opportunity. Um, and I think right now there are some people that are panicking, no doubt about it. Um, I've seen him moved in several leagues. Um, so if you have an opportunity to buy Diggs at a discount, I think now's the time to definitely do it. Uh, and then the third guy and the guy that I'm most excited about, he might be one of my favorite players in the National Football League. And I hate that because I'm a Pittsburgh Steelers fan and he's a Baltimore <laughs> Raven. Uh, but Mark Andrews, guys, so Mark good. Andrews is so good. We're so. talking, we're talking, in my opinion, what I've seen him do at the last half of last year and, and now the first two games this year, this is Travis Kelsey level. Yeah. And he yeah. doesn't cost Travis Kelsey price. I mean, you're buying Mark Andrews right now before he becomes the next Travis Kelsey, essentially. So go buy this dude now and pay what it takes because it's not going to take what he's going to be worth this time next year. This time next year, we're talking about a perennial top five tight end for the next. I mean, the kid's only 23. Two twenty-three years old. So we're talking about the next 10 years, potentially. Um, Mark Andrews, I want him in every league that I can possibly get him in. He's an absolute stud. 
Love that one. And and he's got Lamar Jackson's eye. And they have such an amazing schedule over the next. Uh, they've got six or seven more weeks of plus matchups. Um, this this is not going away. Like you said, Travis Kelsey type of type of talent. George Kittle type of career trajectory here. So, yeah, that's that's a great one, even though his price has never been higher. It's only going to go up. Here's right. some guys you can sell, though. Pretty much all of the Green Bay Packers. I'm not selling Aaron Rodgers. I'm not even. I'm not ready to back off of him at 101 just yet. Uh, it's it's getting close, but I mean, he's not going to fall far below that. I mean, who's who's honestly better? Pat Mahomes looks like it. Uh, Lamar Jackson to this point has played better than Aaron Rodgers. There you go, Stompy. Congratulations. Uh, but beyond that, I mean, who, who, which quarterbacks do you really trust more than Aaron Rodgers? I Saquon, I Saquon Barkley. <laughs> you know, there you go. I had to get it in. <laughs> yeah. We, again, we've got a quota. We've got a quota to meet here. Man. This, is, <laughs> this is how we get paid. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So anyways, I'm not selling Aaron Rodgers. Um, he's still at the very least, he's a top three or four quarterback in super flex. Uh, to me, he's still he's still the best of the best, but uh, I get that he hasn't been performing that way to this point. And you look around the rest of the league and see what Pat Mahomes and Lamar Jackson are doing. Uh, I'm also I'm not selling Devontae Adams. He's still one of the you know he's still a top five court, uh, wide receiver in this league. And I'm not selling Aaron Jones. To me, he was severely underrated going into this season. And we just saw it to the tune of, what was it, 23 carries, 116 yards and a touchdown, plus four catches for 34 yards. That's what this offense is. It's Aaron Rodgers, it's Devontae Adams, it's Aaron Jones. Nobody else, it, the rest is just randomness. It's, it's going to be chaos. And that's not something that you want to deal with right now. So if you can get something for Geronimo Allison coming off of the touchdown catch, do it. If you can get something from Marquez Valdez Scantling off of, you know, six targets, which was second best on the team, even though he only caught three for 19 yards, do it. If you can get something for Jamal Williams with the random touchdown catch, do it. I'll get rid of these Jimmy Graham with the touchdown in week one. Get rid of all those guys. So sell high on the fact that these guys are randomly producing in that offense, because at the end of the day, this offense just revolves around those three guys, Rogers, Adams, Jones. Those are the only ones worth hanging on to. Devonta Freeman to me is also a sell. Uh, it's, it's, he's, he's been fine. I think that there are better days ahead for the Atlanta Falcons. The problem is Ito Smith looks so good and he's going to, he's going to force Freeman off the field. That's just all there is to it. You have to get, Ito Smith involved and it's going to mean, you know, less and less of a workload for Devonta Freeman. Uh, even if he's getting still getting 60% of the carries, you still got to get Ito Smith in there. And I think that he's just going to cut into the workload way too much sell while you can still get that name value. And then a the third guy, I actually have a question mark here because I want to ask you about it. Alvin Kamara, is he a sell? Based on so the problem is you're not selling high, exactly. You know, I I, I mean you're you're selling the name, uh, you're selling you're still selling him as an elite running back, but you're selling based on the idea that uh, that his opportunity goes down without Drew Brees there, with you know a less credible passing game. Does Alvin Kamara become a sell um, as? as teams load the box against him. And I'm, I, I, I'm general genuinely puzzled by this one. So I'm, I want to get your thoughts on that one before we hit our final segment. So I think Alvin Kamara is, I, I mean, I, I would not be selling Kamara unless I'm getting a, unless I'm getting full value for him. You know, if, if, if you're, if you're talking about, you know, can you move him for Nick Chubb plus? Can you move him for um, 
you know, one of those elite receivers, DeAndre Hopkins or Odell or something like that. I mean, if you can, then and, and that you feel more comfortable with those players, fine. I don't have a problem with that. But I'm not selling Alvin Kamara here as a disc, you know, at a discounted price. I mean, if 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 you don't feel super comfortable and you want to get a player you feel more comfortable with, no problem. Otherwise, I think he's more of a hold than a sell, personally. Okay. Um, it might be a rough stretch here uh, until Drew Brees returns. But at the same time, it might not be. I mean, he he can be a security blanket type player for a quarterback who maybe doesn't want to force the ball too much and make mistakes. You know, if they're asking Teddy to be a game manager, um, and I don't know how they're going to use him. I'm 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 interested in that because I don't know. You know, are they going to let him just rip it? You know, or are they going to? Or are they going to kind of just have him manage the game and not make mistakes? And if they do that, then I don't know that it, I don't know that it's going to hurt Kamara all that much because I think he's he can be the guy coming out of the backfield that is, you know, kind of a security blanket. So I don't know. I I I I don't think I'd be selling him unless I'm getting full value, uh, you know, for sure. So that's kind of where I am on it. What about you? How do you feel about that one? Yeah, I I think that's what I was hoping to hear you say. Um which means he's not a sell, right? I mean, we're we're not we're not in a sell high window here if if you're still trying to get full value. So, right. Um yeah, I mean, if it it, it feels like there are some some kind of some buy low type of running backs. I mean, you mentioned Marlon Mack uh, I feel like Joe Mixon is a buy low type of guy. Um, and then, you know, obviously you mentioned as well, Stefan Diggs and Mark Andrews. I, you know, if I feel like if you could get a package of those guys in return for Kamara, I, I think that you probably can get pretty similar production to Kamara from Joe Mixon um, for the, over the course of the next two months. Um, but yeah, I mean, just the fact that, you know, breeze comes back or there's also the possibility that they don't miss a beat with Bridgewater. So, um, I, I, yeah, I, I don't think that you're necessarily trying to sell to, to sell high with Kamara. So, um, I, you know, I, I don't think that this is necessarily, uh, time to time to panic with for Kamara owners, but um, I just needed you to talk me off the ledge a little bit, I guess. So let's get to our final segment. Like I said, at the top, this is to me, this might be the most useful thing that we do in season, uh, but this is next week, this week. And again, the idea is simply guys that you can add now for free or next to it, uh, who are going to be wa- waiver priorities next week this time next week uh so get them for free now uh before they get super expensive and uh we're definitely running late uh, running uh long on time here so um we'll rock through these pretty fast but um if you want to start us off and uh give us a couple guys sure so uh we'll start here with devin smith uh the cowboys wide receiver uh, had a Pretty nice week, three catches, 74 yards, and a touchdown from Dak Prescott in week two. Um, he's going to get some opportunity, I think, with Michael Gallup uh, being out with the meniscus issue. Um, so at least for the next couple of weeks, I think he's a player that can definitely be slotted in. Uh, I know they have said that they want to get him more involved in the offense, and that offense right now is clicking. Yes. Um, and then I'll nice also schedule for them too. Yes. Yes. Correct. Well, the, I mean, the division is uh, <laughs> yeah. juicy too. So yeah. Um, but Miami coming up this week, by the way. So that's always it, anytime you can get a piece of the offense playing against Miami dolphins, especially now that Minka Fitzpatrick is no longer in that secondary. Yes. Yeah. Woohoo! You mentioned it. <laughs> um, yeah, and then I'll take another guy, and I'll stick with the Steelers because I, I, you know, I, I'm the resident Steeler in on this portion of the Super Show. So, um, 
and and I'll stay with Benny Snell. Uh, you know, this is a kid who had an unbelievably productive career in the in the SEC, uh, the toughest football conference in in uh, in the NCAA. Um, you know, uh, he had a really nice run on a on a short yardage play. It ended up going for I think. I don't know, 16, 18 yards. 23, um, I believe. Was it 23? Awesome. Yeah. So even, it even nice better. Run. It was a See? nice run. It was. It was a very nice run. Um, I actually had sent a message to uh, our, our friend, uh, J. Mike is a, a big Kentucky guy and, and Benny Snell fan. And I had sent a message right after the play because um, he, he did. He looked really He looked really good. And I think they may start to use him in short yardage situations specifically and in the red zone. Uh, you know, if if the Steelers get down there, I think he's going to rotate in uh, and have some opportunities to score some touchdowns. So if he, you know, if you're looking for a running back that you can plug in there, maybe you're a zero running back guy, um, and you're looking for a a running back that uh, you can plug in and 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 you know in your flex spot to score a touchdown or two potentially. Um, you know, I, I I think Benny Snell's a guy that moving forward in the season is going to get some of those opportunities. So yep. Yeah, I love that one. So the other problem here, well, I, I wouldn't call it a problem necessarily, but I mean I think that when you go with when you bring in a young quarterback, I think you do want to lean on the running game. James Conner has already dealt with I mean, in, first an illness, but now a knee issue, I believe, leg, some leg injury, correct? Yeah, it's a knee. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Which, I, I mean, it sounds like he's probably, they're saying day-to-day, that generally means he ends up playing. He probably is going to come off the injury report before Sunday anyways. So I think you're fine with James Conner, but it stands to reason that they're going to want to, you know, that they're going to want to limit the amount of, work that they put on him uh so that they don't you know that so that they don't wear him out too early so um i it, it seems like benny snell is the is is kind of the the change of pace guy that the you know give connor a rest guy and uh if connor were to go down um i think benny snell also stands to pick up a big workload um i've got a couple guys for you real quick darwin thompson so 20 21 carries and eight targets to the running back position in week two for the Kansas city chiefs. All of that gets funneled to Darwin Thompson, assuming both LaShawn McCoy and Damian Williams miss time uh, Williams with a knee injury and McCoy with an ankle injury. They might be down to just Darwin Thompson. Now it's not a great, it so far hasn't been a great matchup uh, for running backs against Baltimore. Um, but the 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 way that the Chiefs really like to use the running back is in the passing game. Uh, that's going to be Darwin Thompson's specialty, and this looks like this is going to be a shootout. This looks like it's going to be a track meet between those two. So, um, it, it, you know, you you want pieces of both offenses, anyways. Uh, but especially if Darwin Thompson is the lone healthy running back for the Kansas City Chiefs. And then Ito Smith mentioned Devonta Freeman as a sell candidate, and it's because Ito Smith is getting on the field more and more. Nice schedule coming up for the Atlanta Falcons, and Ito is picking up more and more of the workload. So uh, any thoughts on either of those? Uh, I really, really like Ito. He has looked so – yeah, he has looked so much better – you know, this season than he has previously and also better than Freeman. <laughs> I mean, honestly, yep. <laughs> so I, I love that one. I think, uh, I think that's a definitely a good one. Um, it's only a matter of time before he starts, you know, getting more and more work. Um, and then Thompson, obviously with the injuries, uh, in, in KC and the question marks there, I think he's also definitely going to get an opportunity. So yeah, I like those. There you have it. Pick them up for free now before you have to spend on them next week. Uh, we uh, we gave you some good ones last week. Demarcus Robinson was the big one. Um, also mentioned jo- Josh Rosen, and he briefly got on the field. Uh, looks like Ryan Fitzpatrick is still going to start in week three for the Dolphins, but Josh Rosen's day is coming very soon. So that's still a guy that you want to stash. But with that, 
we're going to wrap this one up. There are your standard operating procedures for week three. Don't forget to send in your questions for the live mailbag show coming up on, on Wednesday night. That's 9, uh, 9 o'clock Eastern, 9 p.m. Eastern. Um, and then we also still have start sits coming on uh, at the end of the week, Friday and Saturday, including injury reports with Ethan Turner. Uh, so tune in for all of the great stuff from the Superflex Super Show, five days a week, all the content you could possibly need. Kicking it off to start the week with the standard operating procedures. He's Brian Har FF. I'm John Hogue at Superflex Dude. And we will talk to you next week with more standard operating procedures. Dreaming alone in the addiction fall